I, I want to ask you one last question um, about acid leftism, because, and, and this is a tricky one, really, but if the left adopts this sort of, I guess, a rationalism as a way of um, fighting back against capitalist rationalization, is it the risk that it's recuperated by capital and it's sold back to us in the same way that the counterculture was? You know, the counterculture and ended up uh, being complicit with the re-legitimization of capitalism, especially after the 1970s crisis. Um, so isn't there a risk that acid leftism also becomes recuperated in a different way that maybe capitalism goes, oh, you want a rationalism? We'll, we'll give you a rationalism, you know, um, and that doesn't look yeah. too pretty. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're, we're a long way from worrying. I don't know. Well, you know, I really hope the acid left takes off. I think there's a possibility it could take off because people are going to want to do stuff when they're finally allowed to kind of gather again. And there is this kind of space maybe for a kind of Marcusean great refusal because Herbert Marcuse proposed some kind of like, I don't know if it, you could say it was acid communist, but it's actually, I suppose it's more the case that Fisher was basing his acid communism partly on Marcuse's um, kind of um, idea of a protest that would incorporate um, both working class people and identitarian issues as we would now call them, and which would tie in with the hippie movement or really the hippie movement kind of just happened whilst that book was being published uh, in which he talks about this uh, one-dimensional man in the late 60s. Um, but anyway, he, he very much suggested this kind of like uh, a, a mass movement with countercultural aspects. I, I, I think that we're looking at something like that possibly happening again when lockdown ends, if there aren't just so many new draconian laws to stop people even trying that. Um, if there aren't, then I think we could have some kind of takeoff of an acid left movement. Um, and would it be co-opted? Uh, I'd love it just to be big enough for them to try to co-opt it. That would be fantastic. <laughs> and then All right. would it be co-opted? Well, of course it would. <laughs> we, have to, we have to try something. All right, very good. Uh, we should leave it there and let's hope that there is a, some big eruption after, uh, after lockdown is over uh, when, it, uh, when it finally, finally ends. All right, Mike Watson, thank you very much for joining us today. All right, so it's just the three of us now, uh, Alex, George, and Phil, having a little chat after our discussion with Mike Watson. Uh, and we thought we would take some of the material that was uh, discussed with Mike Watson on the counterculture and discuss or put ourselves a question. What would be truly countercultural today? Because it's something that we haven't really discussed, and it's an intriguing sort of question. Um, a counterculture, obviously, is something that has a theme of conflict with the values of society as a whole. Um, and when we think of counterculture, we always think of the counterculture of the 1960s, certain values like social permissiveness, uh, changing attitudes to race and sex and gender, also being critical of militarism, of bureaucracy in favor of liberation, um, and also being post-materialist. Um, but that's not the only counterculture that's there, that there's ever been. Um, we think of specifically the global 1960s, but there's other countercultures, uh, the late 19th century Bohemians, different countercultures in radically different social contexts. Um, so the question is, uh, what would a counterculture look like today? And we want to be really open about this uh, and think widely about what would really go counter to the predominant values of our culture. Um, so short back and sides, wearing <laughs> little bow ties. Um, that's no, that's normcore. 
very yeah. strong focus on monogamy. Um, That's trad. Getting married, getting married early. Um, okay, George, you can you can respond. Well, to I think it, George is uh, satirical. Yeah, George is like taking the piss. Actually, does highlight something that a lot of that anything that is countercultural is already kind of subcultural, subcultural, and inscribed as a little almost meme based figure who exists on on the internet and therefore isn't countercultural. No, I mean, I think the point is like the, you can't, um, it speaks to the splintering of um, deeply kind of, I mean, pluralistic would be the polite way to describe um, late capitalist societies, but fragmented and splintered and very difficult in which to produce anything which is a meaningful consensus that doesn't automatically become a camp subculture. Like George says, yeah. you know, the things that I describe become kind of trad trad wife um, or trad culture um, or, you know, like um, norm core. Hey there, you've reached the end of a short excerpt from an episode that's been released only to our patrons. If you'd like to join us and gain access to around two Patreon exclusive episodes a month, please go to patreon.com slash We'd love to have you.